Welcome to Real Love, Real Stories TV and podcast. This is Kanu, I'm the host. Join me as I learn about love from couples who are making their relationships work and from singles who are making being single fun. In this week's episode, in the guest chair is Megan, and she's tuning in from Oregon, and we're talking about taking solo vacations. Have you ever gone on vacation by yourself when you're single, or even gone on vacation solo when your partner doesn't want to go? Enjoy Megan's experience as she talks about the recent vacation she took to France. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you again. Um, so for those people that may not know you, can you go ahead and just introduce yourself so they know who you are? Hi there. I'm back. Um, my name's Megan Norris. Um, I did a podcast with Kanu a few months ago mm-hmm. about being single. Um, and she asked me to come in today to talk a little bit about traveling solo. But I'm a single woman. I live in Portland. Um, I'm a, I have a private practice therapy. I'm a mental health counselor and I work in crisis work um, and with singles um, who are looking to date and empower themselves and um, find their wholeness. So uh, that's kind of what I do professionally, personally. Um, I'm from a really large family. Um, I live downtown with my dog. Uh, I, and I like to you know, I'm at a point in my life where I'm 35 and lots of my friends and family have their own families. And so for me to do the things that I want in the world, sometimes I have to bite the bullet and do it myself. And when you do that, it's one of the most empowering experiences. So I think that's why you've kind of brought me on today. Yeah, for sure. And I'm so excited to have you because I know that you just got back very recently on a fun, fun trip to Paris. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if that's how they pronounce it, but, <laughs> but yeah, you, were, you were in France recently. So, you know, what made you decide to take this vacation by yourself? So um, in my 20s, I had a very different life and I traveled a lot by myself. Um, at that point in my life, I um, just financially was more secure than a lot of my friends who were really working on their careers at that point. Um, and so I had the, 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 the personal flexibility and finances to be able to travel when people didn't. And so that's what kind of pushed me into it in the first place. Um, and then I switched careers and um, finances changed. And so that shifted a little bit. Plus I was in school and doing all of this other stuff. And so I haven't traveled solo in a while. Um, And what prompted this trip was mostly um, a lot of my friends and family, like I said, just a moment ago, have are in totally different phases of their life than myself, Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome and incredible for them and can create some um, discourse, I think, a little bit, not not even just conflict or anything like that, but just in how do I respect where your life is at? but also respect where my life is at if you can't join me. And um, so a lot of it came up around my 35th birthday. So I was trying to, um, for me, 35 was a big deal. Um, lots of personal things around what it looks like to be a woman and, and thinking about children and where, you know, just things about my life that I'm, um, doesn't mean it's never, but maybe having to make some peace around. 
And so for me, and I had told my friends, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not 40, but that doesn't feel like a big deal. 30 wasn't a big deal. 35 feels kind of like a big deal just because of where my life is versus some things that may or may not be a part of it based on that tipping point. Right. So I had prepped them far in advance, six, nine months in advance that I wanted to take a trip and all of my friends are mothers. And um, so I knew they needed a lot of that time. So we ended up planning one trip to um, pretty local trips to like Vancouver, BC. I'm in Oregon. Um, That was difficult with airfare. And one of my girlfriends, even though I gave her lots of heads up, she'd end up having a baby just like a month prior. She'd gotten pregnant around the time I said I wanted to plan the trip. And Mm -hmm. So that was going to be really difficult for her to leave for more than just one night. Um, So, and I have a pretty small group of friends. It was about four. Um, So we ended up nixing that trip and I was like, well, let's just do, uh, I I love my friends. I love their partners. I was like, let's just do like a big gang trip to the beach. Just get a big beach house, bring your partners. Hopefully that'll make it easier on everybody. It didn't, it made it harder. Um, And at a certain point it was, so much work and frustration and mm-hmm. guilt and um, it was just so difficult and just so highlighted that they, even as much as they wanted to, they weren't in a place to, to meet me where I was at. And um, so I canceled both the trips and said, I'm just going to do, do me. That's really important for me. And so I had to haggle over it you know, the, the responsibility of wanting to involve my friends who feel like family and, um, and the guilt of not involving them, you know, but I, you know, at a certain point, if you think about yourself, what, you know, one of my girlfriends, when I was planning my trip, she was like, well, my husband and I are going to New York for my 35th. So her friends weren't even a factor in her planning her, planning her life, right? right? She has a family and she has people that she, are her priorities and go-tos and and it's wonderful if friends fit into that but I'm not the person who she stops and thinks can I do this if Megan can't go Hmm. and yet my whole all of my social interactions because I don't have a family I have a large wonderful family but I don't have a a partner or babies myself um tends to revolve around myself so I found myself feeling why do I have this responsibility towards my friends who don't have the same responsibility towards me not in any bad way, but it's just the reality of where we're at. Right. Um, so when that kind of dawned on me, I was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I feel bad planning a trip that now I don't want to go on because I feel like everybody's going to be resentful and grumpy. So I'm just going to do me. Um, so that's how Paris happened. I was trying to look at a bunch of other, I've been to Paris a few times, but not since my early 20s. And I had been trying to look at a few other places, mm-hmm. um, most of which were a little bit dangerous, like Turkey and Marrakesh and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I decided not to necessarily check a bucket list item, but just to go to a place that I found beautiful and wonderful and I felt safe in in the past and someplace I could go and just really embrace my aloneness in a, in, you know, an incredible city. And um, it made the flights easy and all of those pieces. So it just kind of worked out and yeah. I decided to cancel the trips and I booked the flight the next day and I booked the Airbnb three days later and then I left. That's awesome. Well, first of all, happy belated birthday, because that was what last <laughs> month? Okay. Right? That was, yeah, a month ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, secondly, I can totally relate. I mean, sometimes it's even harder to arrange a happy hour, <laughs> no, a local happy hour. It takes hour. a month. 
Right. To, to kind of get yeah. everybody's schedule aligned and then schedule something and later on to schedule something that takes you across the world. I mean, that's, you know, it can be very challenging. So can you walk me through what were some of the fun things that you did on this vacation? Well, all of it's fun. I mean, the, um, let's see, um, on my 35th birthday. So the reason, the reason Paris hit my radar as a place to re-go, um, was that they were having, um, there's one winery in, so the, the neighborhoods of Paris are called, I don't want to butcher the language because it's hard to say, but, um, Eredisiamont and, but in basically Paris central, there's one winery that's a not like a tasting room. It's a full winery. So the only Parisian winery in Paris was having their crush week. Um, and went like that weekend and a whole festival, the weekend of my birthday, the 12th through the 14th and mine was October 13th. Okay. So um, that was like a big thing. So I went to the Paris, the Parisian wine festival and there's just street stuff everywhere. Um, did a lots of wine tasting um, the evening of my birthday, I went to the Eiffel Tower just to see all the showings because it's just so iconic. Right. Um, and on my birthday night, it ended up being just the most random night. I had gotten a, a restaurant referral from my Airbnb host, and he, I was trying to track it, and I couldn't find it on, I couldn't, I couldn't find it, essentially. I was walking on this tiny street. I couldn't, the, the addresses there are a little hidden sometimes. So I ended up walking into this tiny little bar. There was this French woman sitting at the table by herself and, the, and a handsome bartender. I was like, perfect, perfect, <laughs> perfect people to talk to. So she said, she ends up being, she's like, my name is Charlotte. I'm a French model. This is my boyfriend. Um, so the we bartender? ended up talking. Yeah, the boyfriend was her bartender who ended up being, the, he ended up being the owner of the bar. Him and oh, his wow. brother were the only two people working and they owned it. And it just turned into a huge party. Like they had, kn they knew a couple of the patrons that were already eating there. Um, and then a big group of guys came in. I think there were 12 guys came in. It was two of their birthdays too. Okay. So, and they knew the bar, they knew the owner slash bartender and Charlotte, the French model. And so it ended up just being this massive party in this tiny bar that this person owned, did lots of dancing. And then um, we went to a club afterwards and I met bunches of girls who I, well, not, I met bunches of girls, but I met two girls who I ended up hanging out with throughout the trip. Um, and then, yeah, so that was just random and fun and just like yeah. kind of nice that evolved. You don't plan it. Right. Um, and then, you know, I did all of, I did tons of, you know, touristy things like the uh, Montmartre, you know, Artist Square and Notre Dame and Eiffel Tower and Arc de Triomphe and, um, I we we did a thousand things. What did we do? We did the Latin Quarter. Went to some jazz clubs. It's super fun in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, I did a lot of just like wandering. You know, getting up early. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. That's I really enjoyed that. I mean, that's the advantage of traveling by yourself is that you have no agenda, um, right. or only as much of an agenda as you set for yourself. So you're not operating on anyone else's opinion. Um, right. And went, did, we did the, um, oh, I can't remember the names right now, the catacombs, which was super interesting. So we did the underneath the of Paris. Uh -huh. um, I don't know. I, we did a lot of things. But the, I think the best thing that I did, 
Um, so this other, the other thing that I like to do when I travel solo or travel in general is when I go to a country, I like to take a cooking class. Okay. Um, it's a really, really fun way to just get into the food and learn something new and you get to mingle with people who are either local or, um, like-minded travelers, people traveling around. Um, so I found, I found this guy who, um, I try to find, I'm not so much into touristy stuff. I, I like to find pretty local things. So although doing a cooking class is fairly touristy, this gentleman um, had been on the Food Network and all of these different things. And he had a kitchen in his home and he was a true Parisian. He's from Paris. Um, and what the plan was is we met at a cafe and there were six participants total Mm -hmm. Um, and we decided on a menu together just there on the spot. And then he takes you to the local market and the local markets are only open on Tuesdays and Fridays when they bring in all the fresh wares. Um, so he takes you to the local market and then you, you perch and you can only make a menu out of whatever's in season. And then he walks you through all of the special things around how to pick certain like fruits and vegetables, what makes this fish fresh and that not, how did this cheese was made? Why again in -hmm. Europe they serve, you buy um, meats and like fish and chicken, things like that with their heads and their, their body parts still on. And he talked to you through like why they do that. And so it's, you can tell what kind of life the animal had and whether they were like farm raised and if they were in the grass, like it's super interesting. And then he took us back to his home, which had a full kitchen and just talked us through. So it was, I don't know, it was just like the most amazing experience. It went from 9 a.m. It was uh-huh. supposed to go till three. And I don't think we left till 630 so we drink oh, wow. lots of wine and yeah, you just have a huge meal together and you make friends and um, I do intimate stuff a little bit better than big crowds. I'm kind of a one-on-one kind of person. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That was probably my, my most favorite thing. Um, yeah. That, that, sounds, that sounds really fun. Yeah. Taking a cooking yeah. class and I love the idea about, you know, actually going to the market and mm-hmm. learning about what's in season and then, you know, I, I don't think I've ever given any thought as to re- the reason why you should buy a fish with the head on it versus without, <laughs> like, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I don't think about those things, but. It's just a great learning experience. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I really liked it. And Barcelona, I've traveled to Barcelona in the past. I took a paella and sangria making class there. And, and here oh, we did like quail and just different things. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really great way to kind of invest yourself, do something fun, have a planned activity, meet local people, drink a lot of wine in a safe place. So yeah, 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 I loved that part. That's awesome. So with all this fun cooking and all these things that you did, were there any single guys there that perhaps you... I don't know, came across and, you know, maybe nothing romantic, but like connections, right? Full friendship. Yeah. Um, no, not so much. I mean, the French have a reputation and around friendliness. And I would say I've never, I don't experience them as being unfriendly Mm -hmm. or anything like that. I, I, thoroughly enjoyed my time there was always somebody to help me or talk me through something but they're maybe how kind of people um 
conceptualize New Yorkers. Like they're just very direct. They're doing their own thing. And so it can feel like they're not giving you the time of day. So certainly they're not, they're not warm, I would say as a culture, unless you're, I mean, they go so out of their way. If you go to somebody's house for dinner, they cook you a five course meal and it's, you know, they put an incredible amount of investment in work and connection. Um, But just in a layman's person, you know, if I'm going to a restaurant, it would take me a long time for someone to come over to me or, you know, same as in a store or things like that. So they're certainly not going out of their way to be like, hi, how are you? And, um, and I mean, I guess the night of my birthday, there were lots of guys there who were super fun. Most of them were coupled though, I would think. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, it was fun, but no, no, no love connections for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard stories of people that go on vacation and, you know, you're you're least expected, you're sitting somewhere and you're having a glass of wine and, you know, (laughs) some guy shows up and that's how Serena Williams and her uh, husband, uh, you know, how they met, right? Somewhere in Europe. You must have been bold, walk up to Serena Williams. (laughs) Um, I definitely had that happen to me. I don't think, this was my third time in Paris that's not ever been my experience there and whether that's cultural or whether, you know, they, you know, as, as a culture, they have a very different like body type or a a beauty ideal. Um, I don't quite fit that. Um, Mm. And so even these are just like general things that I can maybe use as stereotypes. I don't know, but um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, ha- they have a little bit of a different beauty ideal that, that is not a mold that I necessarily fit into. I think that they um, just culturally aren't, aren't necessarily, they're not unfriendly, but they're, they don't go out of their way to be friendly, I don't think, to people. I had that experience in New York, in Mexico, in Spain, lots of times in Italy as well, but not in France. Oh, okay. Okay. Where well, you've traveled in... Um... <laughs> Met some places I've yeah I've I've met people or I mean even if I haven't personally had a connection, um, I've garnered a lot of attention, yeah. and that's been obvious. And I did not feel that way at all in, in Paris. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what that's which what, is kind of nice. When you're going by yourself, you don't want to be like heckled by a bunch of people or like have people all over you. It's kind of nice to just be a wallflower a little bit and. Right. Do your own thing. And, and a lot of people challenge you. They're like uh, a lot of the French women that I met and hung out with when I was there. Um, like that's so, it's so brave of you to travel by yourself. I would never do that. I mean, uh, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be alone that much or, you know, so there's a lot, the, a lot of these like exclamations around yeah. bravery to travel by yourself, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't consider it necessarily brave. I'm single. I do everything by myself. Why would I only do it within a five mile radius of my home? Right. Um, so that that's interesting to me. And they, you know, traveling by yourself is an incredible and powerful experience. I think that you learn so much of, about yourself, right. positive and negative, like your strengths, and you're not able to avoid who you are, right? There's no tucking it away. Um, but there's certainly 
you know, is it lonely at times? Absolutely. Does it make it hard to not have someone to lean on sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Would it be nice to have a dinner date sometimes? Absolutely. But <laughs> you can say the same for when you travel with someone else. When you're so with someone else, would it be nice to just be alone and to not have to coordinate what you do every moment of every day? Absolutely. Right. So there's always these positives and negatives around what it looks like to travel, regardless of whether you go with a group, with friends, with a partner, by yourself on a tour, you know, whatever it looks like, there's always going to be advantages. There's just this, I don't even know if it's a stigma, but um, like this awe around single travelers, particularly for women. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that tomorrow is my birthday. And oh my goodness, happy birthday. Thank you. And I procrastinated a lot. I wanted to go somewhere local, um, mm -hmm. San Diego or LA. I was like, you know, mm -hmm. just go for two days. But I know there are, you know, fires in California and now everything I think is kind of uh, good now. But I was like, I'll just buy a ticket and tickets are very cheap from Phoenix to fly to LA or something, you know, and spend a couple of days. Um, and I've been there by myself, but business, you know, for business reasons and back. Mm -hmm. This time around, I'm like, for fun, what am I going to do? And I just started thinking about that and I ended up talking myself out of, you know, going to LA or San Diego for my birthday, which is kind of sad because I wanted to go there, um, mm -hmm. which is why I thought it would be good for us to chat about, you know, traveling, you know, while single and how it's doable and it's fun and you can actually mm -hmm. end up, you know, having more fun than, you know, probably you would have had you going with, you, with your friends. I mean, it is a different kind of fun, mm -hmm. but... Um, so anyway, so what would be some of the tips that you would give for single females traveling solo? Are there any tips that you would like to share? That's a good question. The first thing I want to touch on is that I don't think that everybody loves to travel solo. I, to be quite honest, I would probably prefer to travel with someone else. I think the empowerment piece is not saying you have to travel alone if you're single is mm -hmm. saying don't hold yourself back because other people won't join you right that's and that I, yeah. yeah that's the big piece you know if you want to go and there isn't someone to join you in your life might not look the same might not look the same as other people don't let that keep you from your goals your dreams or your experiences so that's the big piece for me it's less about being like I need to be alone and do this by myself and it's more about being having ownership and confidence that I can right um so, and most of the time, I would say there's probably been four trips I've planned by myself that never ended up being by myself. I said, I'm going, this is when my trip is. If you're, if you'd like to join me, you're happy to come. And actually those are way easier to plan than, than the opposite. When you say, let's plan a trip together, it becomes all about resistance and the camps and the, the difficulties of it. But when you say, this is what I'm doing, you're welcome to join. People tend to figure it out. I don't know that they just do. Um, so that's what I would highlight. If you are single and your life looks different, don't hold yourself back because you can't find someone to join you. Right. Um, being a single person, um, tips. I mean, a lot of them might come down to safety a little bit. I tend to probably not, I don't run with a super high level of anxiety around safety. Mm -hmm. Um, some people are really thinking about that all the time. I should probably be a little more aware. Um, but I think it's 
you know, certain things like not posting your passport or your plane ticket or that you're leaving for a long time. Um, When you get there, it's just making sure that your things are close, um, not taking free things from people. That's a, that's a kind of a big one. Lots of people will try to, a couple people tried to scam me when I was there. They would throw rings out like little gold rings or silver rings or something. And then the person, you know, homeless or indigent or down on their luck, whatever that might look like, would run up and grab it when you were walking by and be like, Oh, did you did you lose your ring? This is this is a beautiful ring. This is yours. And then they would try to put it on your hand and the second it was on, they would say, Well you should give me money for that. And, you know. So lots of scams, um, lots of pickpocketing. I see. Um you know, I, I, I didn't end up going to like Marrakesh or Turkey in general or things like that because it, it was a little bit dangerous, um, probably a lot dangerous for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was less about the danger and more about if I'm going to be careful, I might not be able to experience what I want to experience. I'm not worried about the danger, but if I can't really go out at night by myself, if I can't really do a lot of these things, then I might not, I might go and and feel a little trapped. Mm. Um, and so I didn't want that to be my experience. So um, I think you have to find your own comfort around what countries you want to go to. You know, Mexico's had lots of things that have made it feel like fear mongering a little bit about why not to travel there around the cartels. And, and, right. and, and, and some of that's very real. And some of that's not to say that it's not real, but it's, it, the fear is built up much bigger than it needs to be for the average person. I tend to jump on my plane ticket as quickly as I can to get a cheap one. Cheap places are easier to find and you have a lot more flexibility. So start with your plane ticket. Um, right. You could find an Airbnb, a hotel. You, I mean, there's lots of options for places to go for that. Um, so what was your experience also, with Airbnb being in another country? Um, that's always to me I'm always leery about that when I travel you know in another country and having especially when you're getting a room if you're getting a whole house to yourself then that's great but when you're getting a room Mm -hmm. I think it can go I mean I guess good or bad but I don't know I guess I've I've not done like a private room in a in a place I've always gotten my own spot whether it was just an apartment or Mm -hmm. Um, how I, I don't know that I've gotten a house by myself, but I've gotten like condos or apartments by myself. And I've done that in several countries internationally. Okay. And it was fine. Um, I never had any issues. Um, I mean, there's just so much technology that helps with things like that. All the translators, GPS works everywhere. Uber works everywhere. Right. Um, you know, it's just, I've not had it be a particular challenge. Um, and Air, I mean, Airbnb is pretty fantastic. I think you get more bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's any cheaper than a hotel these days with all the taxes and the fees and all of the things going on with Airbnb and how popular it's gotten. It's not necessarily any cheaper unless you have a large group. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. So like if you're fitting, you know, you know, 10 people in somewhere, then that's cheaper than getting a bunch of hotel rooms. Um but what I do like about Airbnb versus a hotel is that you can have more of like a home environment versus a room with a mini fridge and like a microwave hot plate or something. So if I'm traveling, I like the experience of having it feel like a home 
Right. So that's why I tend to drift more towards an Airbnb. But if, um, but hotels can be great because they have different amenities. You know, if you go for an Airbnb, you're not going to have a gym or a concierge or like some of these other things. But again, I tend to like the more authentic. I don't really care about the amenities too much. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, certain, I might plan a certain trip that will be a little bit pampered and less about the culture. But for most trips like that, I just like it to be as authentic mm-hmm. as possible. I don't really care about the amenities. It's more about the location. It's more about, you know, what I'm surrounding myself with. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what's, what's uh, in store for 2019 traveling wise? Are you planning any fun adventures or? Um, a couple. Yeah. So I feel like things I've done a little bit. So my, my family, um, we have a spot, in Mexico that we go. So I'm planning to go there and um, doing a swimming with the whale sharks excursion, which I haven't ever done before. I'm super excited. They're the largest fish in the ocean. So, mm-hmm. um, but they're like, they eat like plankton, so they're totally harmless. But so I'm going to be doing that in the spring. Um, have a couple girls trips planned throughout the summer. Um, I'm going to a wedding in not in Rome I think it's in Naples like southern oh fun yeah so I'm going to a a wedding in Italy in the summer um yeah I don't know we'll see so so none of them are you're planning to go on your own not right this second um I haven't quite I just got done with the back-to-back trip so I haven't quite earmarked the stuff for next year mm-hmm. it's a really really good time to buy right now though for next year that's a great tip um you can purchase a plane ticket up to a year in advance 365 days and um black friday cyber monday and any time around the holidays can be a good time the other really good time is around january because a lot of people don't travel in january after the holidays mm. um but purchase the tickets as soon as you can so if you can if you can you know, there's not, there's something to be said for spontaneous travel. Like, where am I going tomorrow? Like, that's an incredible way to travel. I love doing that. And it's, you know, it's a gamble on expense. So right. if, if cost is a factor for you, planning ahead, particularly if you can book a ticket more than six months out, you're going to get a better deal oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, book on Tuesdays. Uh, those are the cheapest days of the week to, to book flights. Um, so yeah, you know, January, I'll probably just settle into being at home a little bit for the next few weeks and then be thinking about if there's um, something I can do next year. But, you know, now that my life is allowing a little bit more time, um, I'll probably, I like to solo travel like once a year. It would be a, a solid goal to yeah. travel more than, than once a year, but to travel by myself at least once. And yeah. you can make that, I mean, you know, if you only have two days, just get out there and do it. It's so easy to talk yourself out of it and just be like, oh, it's just easier to say, or what would I do? Like, you will figure it out. Don't worry. You'll meet, you meet someone on the plane, or maybe you spend the entire time just walking around or in the lobby, sitting by a fire, reading a book, which you haven't had time to do, or that's the beauty of it. And I, and I think that that can feel so intimidating and talk people out of it mentally, but yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking Just about book it. the ticket. Once you have the ticket, you're going to go. 
just book the ticket. That's my, that's my. Once you spend the money, then it's like, okay, you have to go. Well, I may see myself next year on the Amalfi coast in Italy, you know, and there you go. Because I can't keep waiting forever of like, I'm going to find somebody to go with or, you know, I will meet Mr. Wright and travel together. I just need to go and travel on my own. And when you meet Mr. Wright, you can travel. There's nothing keeping you from going to those places. But that's my biggest tip is just don't keep yourself from experiencing things because you don't have what you think you want or what your life might look like. Mr. Wright might not like to travel. Right. That's and <laughs> so do you, and you know, that opens up your heart and your mind anyways, and allows people to come into your life, no matter what people encourage and admire that they mm-hmm. might not be willing to do it themselves. They might be afraid, but people admire that. I mean, it's an incredible characteristic. Just own who you are yeah. buy the plane ticket. Cause it's easy to talk yourself out of it. And once you've kind of got your hook in that, that helps me because I tend to be kind of a homebody as well. I'm not the type A that's like got to be doing something all the time. So mm-hmm. if I bump up into a weekend that I have nothing to do, I'm more likely just to stay home and do nothing than, right. than do than go out. So if I, that's always been the most successful thing for me to make sure that I'm getting the experiences that I know in this big picture that I want. Cause in the moment I might cave to my craving or emotion or, fatigue or whatever that might look like so if I know that it's happening and I can plan far enough in advance then I do that so that I guess coming back that would be a good tip plan the plan the plan the ticket as fast as you can um wait until you know do some research then figure out where you want to stay try to figure out where you want to stay at least initially depending on how far you're going Mm -hmm. or how long you're going for try to at least book the first couple of days so you, you arrive and have time to orient yourself I guess the other thing I would say is don't overly book yourself. It's nice to have flexibility. You can always figure out where to stay, what to do. Um, and, and so it's nice to have those first days or week maybe set up. But if you have more time after that, like a month, it's nice to like not have a plan also. Give right. yourself the flexibility to do what comes up organically. Yeah, no, I like that. As you're talking, I was like, you know, because I referenced tennis earlier, Serena Williams. I love tennis. And one of my goals is to go to all the majors. So maybe mm-hmm. that will be my single thing. I go to the Australian Open, to the French Open, to Wimbledon. I mean, you, you name it. And I'll just, that will be my solo travel and love tennis. That would be amazing. I know. So I should make that my 2019. Maybe I'll check one of those. Off just my pick list. one. Just yeah. say I am. I think that's a part of it too. Not maybe. I am. I'm just going to pick one. I am just going to go. Right, right. I am going to go to either French Open or Wimbledon because that's later in the year. There you go. When's the French Open? French Open, I think it's in September. Okay. September sometime. No, wait. September is U.S. Open. I think between July and September is when, when that happens. Uh, Wimbledon is in July, August into July. And I know uh, Australian Open is in January, so that's too soon for me to plan. Um, mm-hmm, but yeah. I will get one of those off of my list in 2008. Yeah. So that will be my plan, to travel on my own. Predict it for yourself. Yeah. So, well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for, you know, talking about your recent trip and giving us some tips on um, 
you know, things to do and traveling solo. Um, that is very brave and fun. So yeah, hopefully other people will also get that motivation and encouragement to go and travel. You don't have to wait for your friends or family because, you know, sometimes schedules just don't align. So you can wait forever. It doesn't mean that they can't join you. You just have to move forward independently. Yeah, exactly. So thanks again for taking time to share. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review in iTunes. And you can always find more information on my interviews at realloverealstories.com and also by following me on Instagram and Facebook under Real Love Real Stories. Till next time.